0: In Music Like in Life, you can't always come out on top, and this is a podcast that celebrates that very fact. Welcome to Flop Stars. I'm your host, Billy Nellis, and joining me as always is Greg Willis. Hi, Greg. We're back. Each week, we'll be taking an in-depth look at the world of pop music through the prism of one major diva and the biggest belly flop in her career. With the benefit of hindsight, we'll determine once and for all if history got it right or if these women were robbed. Hi, Greg. Hey. Okay. Welcome to week three of Flops Talk. I'm having so
1: much fun doing this. Me too. I'm excited about this one.
0: I'm excited because I feel like this is the first time our tastes might diverge. I agree. Yeah, I know. We, we kind of <laughs> (laughs) like (laughs) kind of like acknowledge that a little beforehand so i'm really curious
1: to see what our opinions are this time around because Uh, i think with lady gaga and madonna we were like pretty agreeable
0: that and i i think those are two albums that we have discussed in our friendship prior to this and i don't think we've ever talked about this album that we're going to talk about today prior to this no well
1: and to be fair i never i'll admit i never fully listened to this album in full before this yeah um but we'll get into that
0: yeah before we get into everything a quick reminder on what (laughs) a flop is, mm. it's really, it's It's an intangible thing. You know it when you see it. It's hard for us when we look at these artists to sit down and say what their flop is because it's, it's a multitude of factors. Did the album fail commercially? Did the album fail critically? Did the fans have no interest in the album?
1: I'd say it's also, you know it when you hear it. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of like... <laughs> You know when you this is maybe not the kind of album you want from a particular artist. It didn't it wasn't right for them. It didn't was just wasn't good. Yeah. No matter what. Um so there's a lot of factors at play. And I think this one in particular is gonna be an interesting one to dissect.
0: Yeah. Before we get into that, let's play a little game. I have let's play a little game a little segment I like to call Living for Live. <laughs> I tasked you and myself with coming up with the three best concerts we've ever seen in our entire lives in three decades of being alive. The three best concerts we've ever seen.
1: Uh, I thought the Coven last week was hard. This was like (laughs) I told you I'm obsessive about writing stuff like this out. I've written down lists like this before, and I had to look up these lists I wrote down of like shows I've been to. Wow, that's what I like to do. I like to go to live shows, and I've seen a lot, especially like in my 20s, music festivals. So picking this was really hard. I don't know about you, but I tried to do it in a way that's representative of my tastes and different eras of my life that basically moments, concerts for me that represent like a really memorable time or a point in my life. Okay, so hit me with them okay so my first one is and it's going to be very obvious but <laughs> I talked about it on the last probably definitely the last episode my favorite band of all time Garbage I know I said Shirley would be in my coven you know a huge memory of mine of course is the very first time I ever saw them live it was on their 1998 tour for their second album version 2.0 it was at the San Jose Event Center September 25th 1998 up in San Jose California I was 13 it was my second concert ever I went with some um, some of my neighbors they were teenagers since so they were the cool Older, older kids that could take me, yeah, um, and very memorable. Oh, to this day, I'll never forget feeling like going to a concert where not only did I totally lo- love the band it made me love them more, but I felt like I belonged. And I wrote, you know, I, I felt like a sense of um, these are my people. Yeah, the crowd, the yeah. band, everything. Yeah. That was a huge. That I will never forget. That. Okay. Then my next one is what I like to tell people to this day was an, an honest to God pun intended religious experience. <laughs> I saw Daft Punk their live show at Coachella in the Sahara tent, the dance tent in 2006. It was like some, it it was basically that show in that particular style of a live electronic music show really was groundbreaking and spawned like the modern era of what electronic music is live now. Okay. The set they had, the way that they mixed their own music. It was so phenomenal. I had never seen anything like it before. And I think no, no one else in the crowd had either. And that became kind of the status quo for electronic shows moving forward for several years. It was Amazing. Um, And then the last one, I, I had a really hard time with. I was thinking, like, God, you know, I've seen so many of my favorite artists. I've been really, really fortunate to see Cher and David Bowie and Massive Attack and Bjork and Radiohead and Gaga. And I was like, all these fantastic fucking shows. Yeah. But... I was thinking a lot about last week's episode when we talked about Madonna. So I, I mean, she really is, there's a level unmatched by mm-hmm. her live shows yeah. and yeah, i yeah. been very lucky to see her. Um, so I would actually go with the last time I saw her, which was the, uh, the Rebel Heart Tour to oh. 2015, only because it's the most recent time I've seen her. And every time I've seen her, I've never been disappointed. And that's the most freshest in my memory. Yeah. Um, it was in New York City, Madison Square Garden. I'd never been to the Madison Square Garden before. So to see her in that venue was phenomenal yeah those are mine music is everyone go see live music <laughs> it's so it's just it, it creates memories memories it are does. experiences and memories are important um what, yeah. what are yours
0: so this i mean this was like you said it was it was hard and i i i regretted giving myself this right <laughs> <probably>, um <laughs> when i sat down and like tried to really think about it like you live music has been something that's been very important to me in my life yeah. um i often tell people that like I don't have a religion except for live music. Like, that's, like, going to church for me. That is, like, where I, like, feel connected to, like, humanity and blah, That's blah, why blah. we're friends and that's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was hard. It was definitely, you know, it was like, what... It was a question of, do I want this to be representative of me as a music lover? Do I want this to be... Because I was like, how do I, how do I put three of them as the three best? Yeah. And piggybacking off of you, obviously... With Madonna being as <laughs> near and dear to both of our hearts as she is, she, there's no mm-hmm. way that she couldn't have a space in the top three. I've only had the good fortune I've seen her once, um, and that was her MDNA tour. Oh. Um, saw that at Staples Center here in Los Angeles, and it was just it was a moment. It was like it was like Finally achieving something in life, like a, like a bucket be, list item. Yes, to, to get her. to be in the room with her. I was lucky enough that that was a tour that she performed, like a prayer. It was just, oh yeah, yeah, that was something. So that's my number one. My number two is the first concert that I ever went to and bought a ticket for on my own that I like could pay the money for that I was like wanted that I didn't have to go with my parents or something like that. I yeah. was a senior in high school, and it was really when like my music tastes started to change and develop, and I got really into music in a, in a way that I hadn't been before. And I was really, at the time, very obsessed with... So this was fall 2003, leading into spring of 2004. And I was very obsessed with NERD, and I was very obsessed with the Black Eyed Peas. And they toured together, and I oh, went wow. to see them at the Will Turn. Oh, and wow. the Black Eyed Peas opened for NERD. That was how long ago it was <laughs> in crazy. the scheme of what to, which band was bigger. Right. It was, like, right after Hey Mama had come out and I developed a massive obsession with Fergie. I was going to say, she
1: was in the band by then. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. When they had did their encore, Justin Timberlake showed up to do oh Where is God. the Love? And then by the time N.E.R.D. took the stage, because he and Pharrell were so close at that moment, he literally, like, just stayed on stage with Pharrell throughout all of N.E.R.D.'s set and, like, played with them. It just, it's, it's a moment that I'll never forget, even if I don't listen to those two bands as as sure. obsessively as i used to um it will like always just hold like a, a place in my heart
1: that's a great memory
0: yeah um, so that one was really important to me. And then my number three, I mean, like you said, there's so many things. My very first concert ever, I was like six or seven and my dad took me to Oingo Boingo's last show ever at the Universal <laughs> Amphitheater when that still existed. I literally oh saw God, one Danny of Oingo Elfman. Boingo's last shows. I had earplugs, I had like earplugs <laughs> in. I only know two songs. I only knew It's a Dead Man's Party and I like Little Girls and that was it. And I didn't really like get it. But like looking back, I'm like, that was a, that's a cool thing to say that I was in the room for Oingo Boingo's last show ever but I think my number 3 is probably like one of the most recent concerts I've seen and that was um in September of last year and I through the sheer luck of the career that I have I got the opportunity to fly to Las Vegas oh, and yeah. see Queen with Adam Lambert oh. from like the fourth row when I tell you like it was beyond, it was just beyond anything that I can even put into words. Oh my God. It was such a, just such an incredible show. I mean, Adam, Adam's voice was incredible. Being able to see Roger and Brian on that stage, to see Brian with his guitar, to like see legends. It's, it's just, it, it was like a pinch me I moment. remember your
1: Instagrams from that. It was, <laughs> you you were living your best life. I was living,
0: I was like, Okay. I was also pretty drunk because they Fair. didn't give us dinner before we oh went to the God. show, but they gave us an open bar, so I was pretty lit. But I remember every moment of it, I'm grateful that I, for as drunk as I was, that I remember every moment. Cut of to that you show. singing
1: along to every Queen anthem, like "We Are the
0: Champions," <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> right. So That was a moment. That was a, it. Was a real moment. That's
1: how. Oh, that's and they they were great. Uh, they opened the Oscars, which was a yeah. fun surprise, and then. And then we saw Adams outside the Troubadour the other week. Yeah. We saw m yeah In fact, I uh, Me and Taylor just watched Bohemian Rhapsody uh, the other night. What do you think of it? It was my second time seeing it. And I, I was like, yeah, I, I totally would watch it again. I love this movie. Okay. It's just like when you love that music so much and you see the story, like... Yeah. And they do that... Epic recreation of the
0: live age show. I was like,
1: I want to see, I want to be there. Yeah. The finale, the
0: finale of that movie is incredible. I take a lot of issue with how they Mm -hmm. tell the story because it's not totally accurate and we should look it up online if you want to know. But it was good. And good for Rami for winning an Oscar. Agreed. All right, um, let's move on to our Pops and Flops of the Week. That was a fun segment. Now now we're going to get a little mean. Yeah. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast <laughs> in the, in, its, in its first two weeks, you know that we don't want to limit ourselves to just one main topic. So we kick things off with a little segment we call our Pops and Flops. And each week, Greg and I canvas the music's landscape for its new releases and return in hand with the tracks most worthy of this week's pop and most deserving of this week's flop. I always kick to you to start first. Do you want me to go first with my flop? Yeah, you go first
1: because I have to admit, I have I still have two written down for each and I'm going to choose <laughs> on the spot, which, which I'm going to
0: say. I can see the beads of sweat dripping on it. Right? <laughs> um, all right. So my flop for this week is this track called I Can't Get Enough that is Selena Gomez's like, new single with Benny Blanco oh, and yeah. Jay Balvin. And I, I love Selena Gomez. Um, there's like... Of that little group of like Disney starlets who came up at the same time, I've always had like a soft spot for her. I find her very adorable and I have liked most of her music and I wish her well in her health because I know that's been like a huge struggle for her. But the song is just boring, man. Yeah. It's just so boring. There's like this trend in pop right now (laughs) where a lot of it is boring. I don't know. I'm not feeling this and I'm sorry, Selena, but try again.
1: I I mean, like you said, this trend, there's a trend of like working of pop stars featuring vocals on electronic uh, producers' records, Yeah, but but a lot of them are starting to sound
0: alike. They all sound alike, and they also are like, their one hook, and the producers who they're working with, I feel like are overproduced, and Mm -hmm. they're just not, I don't know. And I love electronic music, but I
1: feel like these songs, they're just trying to churn out songs that could play on radio, or that will just get, and they're just not memorable. Yeah. That's That's a good one. So that's mine. What's yours? Well, okay, (laughs) I had two, okay, and I really had to go with what I I was feeling and who I'd want to knock more, but I almost want to say both of them, if that's I think you should. Okay. So my first one is, a lot of people are probably super excited they're back together, and it's not like a terrible song. It's just not for me. You probably know what I'm talking about, the Jonas Brothers. (laughs) The video's fun. I mean, I love a video featuring Nick and Kevin Jonas. I mean, not Kevin. Joe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um the song's boring. Okay. It's not what I want. It's not but 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 like I always do every week. It's also just never been music for me anyway, so it's I can't really knock it. So, that said, my other flop is someone I actually really do like and you might not like this, but I really don't like the new Rita Ora song. I find it boring. Rita Ora has a new song with I think it's called 6 Lack. with Black. It's pronounced Black. <laughs> that's literally like when people used to say dead mouth five to me and i'd be like it's dead mouth because there's the five out it um i I just was that person you were it's okay Everyone I can think be it's that person like you said for the Selena song I just find it really repetitive and boring and Well um, and it's also
0: it's just a re-release. It's on the album but it's just a remix with See with I didn't his even verse. know that because I like I liked her last album but clearly there's some songs
1: they just don't listen that to That didn't register. That didn't whatever. register. There's other songs yeah. I listen. I what, I do this with albums now. There's so much music coming out. If there's a new album I'll just find the tracks I like and just listen to those tracks over and over again. But talking about repetitive music, uh Selena and Rita um that's a preview to what's to come in this podcast for really. me. <laughs>
0: Huh. All right. Well, let's go into our pops. Yeah, what's then. your pop then? What are you What are you? So fu- funny enough, I have two listed here. And I was going to pick just one. And now I have to say them both because <laughs> yeah. one of my pops was one of your flops. And I think it's so ah! funny that it's the first time we've disagreed. Um, I cannot get enough of Sucker. Oh, that's so funny. I cannot See, get enough of See, we disagree, everybody. We actually... <laughs> Um I, I think it is like such a slick pop track. I haven't always liked The Jonas Brothers. I actually really was obsessed with this track of theirs that they released right before they broke up called First Time. That is really good. Um it's like 2015, I think, right before they broke up and, and Nick started his solo career. But I don't know. I I found it to be really fun in a sea of releases that weren't very fun. Maybe um, I have to give it another listen. And I the do video think,
1: did make it better, I have
0: to say. And a, yes, the video is killer. <laughs> And I think that Sophie Turner steals the show and Mm -hmm. Priyanka Chopra looks like she's trying too hard. Uh, um, And my other one is um, a track from... A French producer, Gosephelstein. Oh, yeah. With Pharrell Williams. That is a good song. Called Blast Off. That's a good fucking Um, song. Gosephelstein, if you don't know who he is, he works a lot with The Weeknd, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, He's featured on a lot of tracks from The Weeknd's last EP, um, but he produced a lot of The Weeknd's, like, earlier stuff before he did his whole Can't Feel Mm -hmm. My Face pop moment. And this one is different than, like, the other stuff that he's done with The Weeknd. This one is very, it has a little bit of a Daft Punk feel to it. Yeah, it does. But it's, like, very 80s. Yeah um vetty very vetty <laughs> very yeah. 80s like new wave kind of feel pharrell very f- yes very euro pharrell is singing in his lower register which he almost mm. never does um I didn't even he like that, he doesn't right? really reach to the falsetto so i think it's interesting that while it sort of calls back to pharrell's work with daft punk it's like it's pharrell using a totally different tone of his voice mm. Um, there's a little bit of like menace to it, which I think is like always exciting when pop music feels a little dangerous. That would have been my only one if you hadn't said "sucker." I, that's I funny because
1: that I. I al- <laughs> well, it's funny because I almost picked that song, the Pharrell <laughs> Gis- Giselfest- what's it, Giselfelstein. song. Um, it, fun fact, he actually, if you listen to his that that producer's um, his solo work from before he worked with. For all in the weekend, it's some weird, dark, twisted techno shit. It's very like Berlin, yeah, like after midnight. So I love those. I love that we—they're not even pop divas this week. I know. Me. Look we at we really branched we're, out. We're versatile. in All our right. Taste. Okay. So pop of the week. So I had two again. Yeah. I think I'm not going to pick the dance track. I think I'm going to pick the more pop rock track because okay. it's a pop podcast, but also because I'm seeing this band tomorrow night and I'm really excited. Uh, Metric. Oh, um, Emily Haynes is the yes. lead singer. She, she would also be in my coven if we have like a top 10. <laughs> um, great vocalist and great band from Canada. They've been around for... God, they've been around mm. for almost twenty years now. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's not necessarily a new song, but they just released a radio edit of this track off of their last album, um, Dark Saturday, called Rye, uh, called Risk. Um, the song on the album is about five and a half minutes long. This radio edit cuts it by about a minute, so it's a little different arrangement. It's a great song, and it's it's it should be on the radio. I love It's, it's relevant. Yeah. Yeah. They have really great songs. Yeah. And they're also kind of dark and sad, and but Emily's voice is just very unique, and it has a way of kind of like making you want to listen more yes Mm. i'm into it that's that's my pop
0: all right well we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back The year was 2007. Avril Lavigne didn't like your girlfriend. Rihanna was inviting you to stand under her umbrella. Britney Spears just wanted more. And a one Jenny from the block just wanted to be brave. That's right. For our third episode, we're tackling Jennifer Lopez, Miss JLo herself, and her sixth studio album, Brave. Now, before we get into this very interesting album that I'm really actually so excited to hear what you think about it. (laughs) Let's talk about JLo herself. Yeah. Because outside, perhaps outside of this album, yes. I think you and I are both fans of her. Uh, well, of we course, have, we have seen her live together. Yep, um, that was amazing. That was an amazing moment in in Las Vegas for one of her last shows. It was your ever. birthday, yeah, on my birthday. Um, but so let's let's play let's play a game of top three. Okay, let's come up with our top three Jennifer Lopez songs ever. This was actually I thought it was going to be easy initially. I thought it was
1: going to be easier than Madonna, but then I was like. She's also had a ton of hits. Yes. Yeah, right. She has so many songs. She, yeah,
0: because she's kind of like a singles queen. So I they're... was li- Billy.
1: I literally <laughs> had in my notes. I literally wrote in my notes. Jennifer Lopez is more of a singles artist. <laughs> you don't. And it's funny talking about this album because you don't really think of J Lo in terms of album. In heroes. terms of albums. you just yeah, don't. Yeah. No one. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, this album is like her defining moment.
0: Right. It's just the songs. Yeah. So it is. And in that respect, we think this alike, was in hard. That regard. This was hard to do. Yeah. So do you want to go first? Sure.
1: Okay. Okay, so when I think of Jennifer Lopez, when I DJ, there's this one song that I love to always play, and it's Play. Play. Yeah. Yeah. I've always loved that song. I loved it the second it came out. I remember it being on M T V that super like remember that like video where it looks like the vision of the future from like two thousand one, where it's all (laughs) very like computerized and like Looks like those old Janet Jackson, Jessica Simpson videos in mm-hmm. Britney. That's just a great song when she, when she goes, TJ, play my motherfucking song. I love that song. The music almost sounds like Madonna's music. That's a yeah. single. Yes. It's that kind of sound. It really very much does. Um, then the other one is going to be the classic Waiting for Tonight. Yeah. I mean, that's just like classic JLo. lo uh, for someone who loves dance music. That was like her, that's her big dance song. Um also the video with the Y2K theme and the green laser lights and she's yeah. in the jungle and then the Hex Hector remix is fucking <laughs> great still and I'm gonna I'm gonna be so annoying I'm gonna tie my last one okay I'm doing a tie get right that hook is inescapable Da-da-da-da-da. and the video is fantastic yeah and then I just had to throw in this other one it's gonna be a tie so it's not four uh tens
0: from AKA <laughs> What the fuck? I have it... All- you named all three of mine. Oh,
1: my God!
0: <laughs> that... That's...
1: I totally thought we were going to have different ones. You
0: literally named all three of mine.
1: Wait, which ones? <laughs> Tens? Tens,
0: Play, and Waiting for Tonight. Oh, my God.
1: That is so fucking funny. Wow. Okay, so that... that wow. Of now, all the JLo songs. Of all of them. Neither means- of us picked Love Don't Cost a Thing or...
0: I'm glad or or on the floor. Love you, Poppy. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Or De Niro. No. De Niro.
1: Oh, yeah. On the floor. No. We uh, picked the Brazil, same
0: Mar- I mean, seriously, she has so many songs. Yeah. I love that so why that's why we saw her in Vegas
1: together because we're clearly yeah. fans of her music
0: yeah that is that is actually <clears throat> fucking hysterical that is we really did not funny. talk about this beforehand no um, I love
1: that you picked Tens yeah Tens it's to so me obscure Tens
0: is so weird and it's such like it's such a a tribute to ball culture Boging, and voguing and voguing and Jack Mizrahi is like so cool in the song at the end, when she's like, what did she say <laughs> at the end? Category Club. Yeah, and she's like, did I kick it? Or whatever she says at the end <laughs> of it. I, um, I love that song. And very weirdly, on Apple Music, it like, is the one song on AKA that it doesn't play. It's like, like, there's oh, been annoying. an error, and it won't play it. I don't know like what sort of rights issue is held up with Tens. So but...
1: fun, fun little memory with that particular song. A few years ago, a bunch of friends from home that I grew up with, and I went to another friend's wedding in Hawaii. On Kawaii, we're there for like a whole week, and there's a Walmart. And my friend Doug, I'm bringing up Doug. Doug, you're being brought up on every episode. (coughs) Bought the aka C D to play in the rental car, and we just drove around in the car (laughs) listening to the song, and there's a line in tens, and she's like, uh the guy's like driving around in a rental car. Yeah. Like, that's us, that's (laughs)
0: all.
1: We like, tens across the board.
0: Tens? I'll never not associate that song with that tens is tens is (laughs) one that i the only reason i found out about the weird apple music thing is because i like consistently put tens on playlists when i make playlists because i'm like everyone should know this song (laughs) like if i'm having people over and i make a playlist like this song has to be in there and i wish that there had been a music video for it i like would love can you imagine like what a music video would have been like david LaChapelle. Yeah, I mean, you've you have mentioned all of mine. Um, fun fact about Waiting funny. for Tonight, though. What I was going to mention when I rattled off my very original list of three. <laughs> uh, um, in freshman year of high school, which I started was, in the fall my... of 2000. Okay, so yeah. So the album had been out for yeah. like a year. I was in like Associated Student Body, and we like had to plan the dances and whatever. And it was like our, our winter formal, I think was the first day, or uh, like our... We didn't have homecoming because I went to performing arts school and we didn't have a football team. But we planned like this fall dance that was like essentially homecoming but didn't have a game attached to it. And we were trying, and we had to come up with themes. And I was like this timid little freshman, <laughs> this like little like gay kid who couldn't say it yet. We had to like come up with ideas and the only idea that I could come up with was doing a dance that was like themed after waiting for tonight. And I was like, well, we should just have like green laser lights everywhere. Like it's in a
1: jungle. Yeah. It's the end of the yes. millennium.
0: That was what I had to offer. Back and what did you, or did it? I don't it I don't think it happened though. No. I, I think it was then. a little too rich for uh, Simi Valley's blood. See,
1: Jennifer Lopez was influencing your yeah. little gay little gay mind back then.
0: <laughs> that All right, is amazing. well, well, I love that. Before we talk about Brave, mm-hmm. let's talk about okay. where she was before Brave came out. Okay, so it came out in the fall of 2007. It was actually her <clears throat> second album <laughs> that she released that year. She did um, Spanish one, right? Yeah, she released her first Spanish language album, Coma mm-hmm. Ama... Una Mejor, which means How a Woman Loves. That had followed her Her last English language album was 2005's Rebirth, which literally only has one song on it that I think is notable, which Get is right. Get Right. It's mm-hmm. like the only song from it. She had just gotten married in 2004. She married Mark Anthony, but she was coming out of a period, like Rebirth was intentionally titled as such because it was coming after the whole Benifer debacle the yes. whole the the embarrassment of the movie Geely that like sort oh of hobbled God. their careers for a little bit her album just before Rebirth was the one that was all about Ben This is me then? Yes. And it was, it was all about him and it was a very, I think there was so much overexposure that I would venture to say by 2007 she was still recovering from the overexposure of like the Ben situation. I think
1: at this point in my life, after having been through some things, you know, you sit down to do an album and you think to yourself, y- you really have to do some like soul searching. You know, and that takes a little bit of courage to do that and then just put it out there.
0: But she was, you know, she was like super loved up with Mark by the time she wrote these, or she didn't write because I don't know that Jennifer Lopez writes much for (laughs) music. But by the time she put together these two albums that came out in 2007. They toured together at this time too, right? Yeah. yeah. We talked about a singles artist and I was going back and sort of refreshing my memory on the albums that came prior to Brave because I only knew the singles. Like that's that's all that would come to mind. Yeah. And then I was, you know, I was playing through them and I was like, oh yeah, those were the only songs worth listening to. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't think
1: I've ever listened to a full Jennifer Lopez album. I never owned any of her albums. I just had all the singles. I had like, Love Don't Cost a Thing and, you know, Play and, uh, and, uh. What's the first one that's classic? From On the six. six, the album. What's oh. if, uh, if you had my love? Like, yeah,
0: let's get loud! Like all these great songs yeah. that you, it's and you don't really necessarily know what album they even come yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, they don't belong to it because they're they're written with radio in mind. Exactly, and that's sort of.
1: I feel like it's kind of indicative of of her work ethos, if that's a right way to say, because she's like she's a triple threat. There's no one, no doubting that she's a yeah. singer, actress, perf- you know, dancer. Producer, she does it all. She producer does everything. She's She's so a powerhouse, workhorse too. Workhorse, perf- perfect performer. Everything is so like tightly produced and, and she's a perfectionist. And it shows, she's an amazing performer, but um, in a way where you can see the, the, the methodology the behind it and kind of the business side of it. Yes. Yeah. I'm producing another package to sell, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's what her career has always
0: been. Yeah. You can see <clears throat> the work. Yes. It's like, you can see that it's work. Absolutely. It is, this is her job.
1: Yeah. It is not like, I'm going to be an artist and fuck off for a few years and make right. this crazy weird album. And it's it's not never like, been that.
0: It's not like I would be making this music even if no one was paying me to make it sort of a thing. Like, that's I, the vibe you get. It's yeah, like, like
1: is... she's not going to do an art pop.
0: Right. She's not going to like hole away <laughs> and like come out with like 12 songs <laughs> that she's like, this is me. Like, t- you know. It's, this it's, is it's me not, then. This is me now. Yeah, that's not, that's just <laughs> like not the vibe that you get from her work. I agree with you completely. Yeah. The first single to come out of the album is Do It Well. It didn't do, I mean... It didn't do well. No, it it didn't. (laughs) I'm sorry. It didn't. Charted at 31. Like it peaked at 31. It's so, what's funny to me is, I don't know that there's a lot of music on this album that people even remember. Like, I think I mean, if you said to someone, do it well, they would probably think you were talking about get right. Like, they would probably think that's, they wouldn't oh, know, that's that, fair. they wouldn't know yeah. like a difference between those songs. I think it'd be hard. To, you look at the second single, hold it, don't drop it. I don't even think anyone would know what that is.
1: Seriously. I mean, I, the only reason I feel like I know these songs is because when I was working at that radio station back in the day, I, I mentioned on the first episode, I remember when both it was 2007. I remember when both of these songs were being promoted and released to radio and the station put them in the in the rotation and they didn't really watch they, didn't really catch on, yeah. Um, yeah, the um, hold don't don't it, it hold and drop it,
0: hold it and drop it didn't even chart, and, the, and chart. The, there were no other singles because well, of and that. it's
1: it's interesting because uh, okay, listening back to this album, I've I listened to Do It Well and hold it, don't drop it a ton. They really are for me the standout tracks on the album, yeah. There's a reason why they were the singles, obviously, yeah. But what's interesting about them as well is they 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 both have this kind of disco funk vibe Mm -hmm. and she was using a lot of 70s samples and kind of and and maybe that's why maybe it wasn't the jennifer lopez you know up until that point a lot of her hits especially more recently prior to the brave were getting more r&b urban like she was doing you know hits with a lot of rappers and that's what people started to kind of associate with her so maybe this was a departure that was like what is this
0: yeah. yeah. What's interesting though is when I was going back and listening to Rebirth, aside from Get Right, Rebirth is a lot of the same sound, but mm. I don't think anyone listened to Rebirth. So I. What the kind of sound?
1: I don't even. I honestly don't even know.
0: It sort of is that same, like you're talking about, like that 70s, that like of, funk. Oh. That okay. sort of like Motown ish inspired as well. Like she was already She's starting good at that. to do that. Yeah. Which is so interesting going back and listening to this album in light of the whole Grammy situation I was just that gonna just say, happened. Yeah,
1: she did the Motown tribute. She did
0: the Motown tribute that caused such a furor with people who were like angry that they, they didn't pick a black woman to do right. this thing. She has, she, as we saw in her, her Vegas show, All I Have, there was a whole section devoted to Motown. It was my favorite part. Yeah. It was my favorite part. Hold it, don't drop section. it is like oh. the, is the... The focal point of that thing. So clearly, like this has been an influence in her life for at least going as far back as 2007, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna say longer, obviously. Um, it's
1: that music, obviously, has influenced her as, a, as an artist too. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, these singles they just didn't connect. You have the "Do It Well" has the David LaChapelle video. Um, David LaChapelle, if you don't know who he is, you're listening to the wrong podcast, but he, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's, he's an incredible artist and his music videos all have a very distinct feel to them.
1: I, I would say if you were familiar with his photography work and yeah. his campaign work, his videos look like a David LaChapelle photo shoot come to life, which is the most literal thing yeah. I could say, cause that's exactly what it is. But I think of him, I think of like, I think of Manda Lepore and Pamela Anderson in the nineties and like that really loud colorful like glamour lots of drag queens and just like gender fuck things like all of that kind of come to life in these videos so he worked with a lot of art divas in the 2000s too like
0: i think the biggest one that for people who don't know a lot about him or watch a ton of music videos the one that you will know is christina aguilera's dirty that is like the classic the one to go to if you like what is a david LaChapelle music video dirty is that
1: he loves he loves a bunch of like sweaty half naked people yeah. dancing around and
0: it's a <laughs> lot of I mean we we just watched the video together before sitting mm-hmm. down to do this because I hadn't watched it in a long time and I didn't remember if I had even seen it and upon watching it I realized I had I had but it, it's just it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of a lot. It's just <laughs> it excess. That's what it is. Video.
1: There's there's certainly some kind of, there's literally a making the video of this from T V back in the day when they used to like show shows about music. There's a concept, but it's, it doesn't really matter in the end. It doesn't, it's just, yeah. Just, yeah. It's
0: just Jennifer Love is being fierce. Yeah, and just like rocking around this crazy underground club with all these sometime, like half-naked like, people. She's like beating and, people up while she, in uh, between
1: dance. And, dance, and then <laughs> doing dance breakdowns. And then there's like people like, I don't know, in different rooms doing weird shit. Like it's... Yeah.
0: I will say the choreography in this when she does dance is not my favorite. I don't like the choreography very much. It's
1: kind of robotic, and, and it is
0: robotic, and it almost reminds me of choreography from like when a good dancer can't dance anymore, mm. like the sort of movements. She's that they better do. now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. I don't know if she just was like out of practice at that period in her Maybe career. It was just the choreography. I don't know. It, it's yeah, funny it too. the video
1: has nothing to do with the lyrics of the song. No. Which are also kind of throwaway. It's a good... It's actually a really fun song. She's like, I don't never met... I ain't never met a man like that. It's like, she's just singing about, like, this guy, like, does it for just her. Just generic
0: love. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A lot of her songs, let's be
0: honest, <laughs> don't mean much. <laughs> right. There's not a lot of poetry <laughs> going on she's, in she's it. She's good
1: at making fun dance
0: songs. Yes. Yeah. Um, interesting fact about the Hold It, Don't Drop It video, <gasps> which she was pregnant while it was filmed was directed by Melina Matsukis, who is a pretty huge director now. She directed the Beyonce Formation video, oh, which shit. is like if you look at the Hold It Don't Drop It video and then look at Formation, you're like, Whoa, Melina got a come up. Like Melina just... <laughs> Melina, I was did gonna some say, work. I, bet, I bet
1: Beyonce was like, who did that Jennifer Lopez video from that album that we listened to? I need her. Because the video is tray forgettable. You couldn't even get through thirty seconds of it.
0: No, I mean it literally was like the Motown vibe of the song very like an American ba- not, American uh, bandstand band or, perform- or like yeah, soul train like performance that. it is it is yeah. that
1: it's also it's just very like we're in a studio filming a video
0: and it's sort of like I'm pregnant I need to make a video before I'm any bigger and Here's I can't do much looks, like yeah. I shouldn't Here's do crazy much while eye I'm and
1: it. Her, but the one the one look that I love in that video and it's very like stuck in time is she's like in this gold outfit with like gold makeup and gold lip glitter lips and she's she's straddling this giant disco ball all at, like Miley and the wrecking ball and yeah. it's just interspersed throughout the video and it's so like, what?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yes, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, It doesn't make any sense no. either. And it it's, doesn't sell a song either. So I'm not really surprised. <laughs> right. But what's no one... interesting about that song,
1: I don't know if I'm skipping around, but yeah. Hold It, Don't Drop It, because uh, you're right. We mentioned she did that whole funk section of the All I Have show in Vegas. And it really, and she did it. She also did that song in her Dance Again tour. I was watching on YouTube clips of her, because I wanted to see her performing any tracks off of this album live to see how they, she didn't really do much promo for it. Um, and this song is a—it's a great live song. It's funk. She does this whole routine with her yeah. dancers. Where then she remember in Vegas when she slid across the yeah. stage on her knees and she such nearly a, like a James the
0: Brown thing with oh yeah horn Very. section. It's 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 really meant to be a live song. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> talk about some of the reviews because it was so EW wrote even expensive beats and uplifting material are offset by listless vocals um and they ranked it number five on their list of worst albums for 2007.
1: I read that review too the listless vocals thing though there's a thing about Jennifer's voice. I was writing down what my thoughts on her as an artist, and she we both are fans of hers, right? Yeah. I think that she has a signature voice that you hear, you know it's Jennifer Lopez, but yeah. there's nothing particularly special about her vocal abilities. No. I wouldn't say. And you don't listen to her for her vocal range no you listen to her for her songs
0: yeah for the package overall yeah the thing about that one is like the listless vocal I find the vocals are more interesting than some of the material
1: the production of the album in general I feel like is 2007
0: yeah it's so stuck in yeah. it just sounds like oh yeah this is this, this could is have been a lead. record for any other artist
1: maybe at that time yeah so, some of the songs we'll and when you
0: look that. at when you look at the the personnel mm-hmm. list every, there's so many people worked on this album like yeah. there's so many people who worked on it and I think that that, whenever you have that many people working on an album, especially on the production side, it's, it's not an album, you know, Unlike
1: Mirway's and Madonna on American
0: Right Life. It's, 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 it's a, it's a totally different thing. Totally. Billboard wrote another market smart collection of radio father fodder rather than Lopez's artistic breakout. But they said that no one does classy pop quite like she does. And yeah, I mean, this one, like we said, it's, it's a collection of tracks rather than an album
1: it's not cohesive it's no. kind of like she called it brave but being brave about what and I think she tried I want to say she there was an interview I watched with her where she was trying to explain what it means but it's kind of like it doesn't really mean anything <laughs> right. I think it's it's, uh, it's about coming through a storm you know what I mean um It's always been my philosophy, I think, anyway, you know, in life. Kind of just no fear, just go for it. Even when you are afraid, just, you know, you you have to just kind of just do things. All
0: Music wrote, the album was comfortable. It doesn't try too hard. It doesn't have many surprises, but it's cheerful and not without its charms. It's nothing more than modest music for mellow good times, but it's lively enough to be fleeting fun with enough good tunes for a mild party, preferably one that's held at home.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's like background music.
0: Yeah. That's hard. Like
1: when you're like having some drinks with friends.
0: Yeah. It debuted number 12 it sold 52,000 copies in its first week that was it it was her first studio album not to chart in the top 10
1: and it was also her weakest
0: commercially and critically right yeah it's the lowest selling album of her career this is why we chose this album
1: Yeah. Because even the singles, there's only two singles. They didn't release any more singles after this album because they didn't do well. No one really even knew about this album. Like I said, people don't really associate her with albums. But this was one, this is a Jennifer Lopez, I guess you could say, arrow that is lost in time. Yeah. The first time I listened to the whole album was in preparation for this episode. The first track, I think, is a good good track to start an album. It does kind of like set somewhat of a tone that you expect to get more of. Yeah. It's not bad. The first song, I forget the name of it. Stay, stay together. Stay together. It's about she's singing about like the power of how everyone's being in a relationship. breaking up,
0: but the new trend is to stay together. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's a good song. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's bad. But then, my opinion, you get a ton of filler.
0: Yeah, tracks
1: that are repetitive in nature and like the names of the songs, like forever. Gotta be there. The way it is. The songs, <laughs> literally, she just repeats the title of the song for three and a half minutes. Yeah, That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is, Yeah, is. You're like, okay, who, did you write this song in like five minutes? We need to fill this album some more. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. It
0: is. And it's very, it's like, oh, we need an album for the second half of this year. Let's do it really <laughs> fast. What other tracks can we bro together? But yeah.
1: like you said, she worked with a lot of pretty big producers, as far as I understand. I know Ryan Tedder was involved. Forever... She's like, in that song, she's like, I could do this forever. I could do this forever. I was listening to it in my car. I was like, she's going to sing this forever. I can't handle it anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't inspire a lot of excitement when you listen to it, I think. So what's really funny about this album is this is the very first J-Lo album I purchased oh wow I purchased this album I remember like on I on re- s- compact disc on compact disc oh, on physical compact disc <laughs> I, I owned this album I remember like I liked in 2007 but it wasn't like a thing that I was like obsessed with there was, like, certain songs that I really like. And I'll get to those in a second when we get to yep. that portion. But it was the very first one that I ever... Of her albums that I've ever... I know every song on. That I, like, listened to the entire thing enough to know... To recognize every track on it. See, that...
1: Okay, that's where we differ then. Because you, you had a familiarity with this album. Yeah. So you've, you've already... You have kind of, like, a, a memories of it. Listening to it now for the first time for me is, like, I can hear how it's dated. <laughs> so yeah. we probably have different... Yeah. yeah yeah opinions on it in that way
0: yeah it was the first one and and i remember i didn't really like understand what she was singing about in much of it yeah when you're talking about how everything is crafted for radio and it's a collection of singles one of the things the words that does not come to mind is like artistry i don't think there's there's so much craft but there's not a lot of artistry
1: Um, I have a fun quote to what you just said. Okay. Because I agree. And I I think it goes back to, she makes music that you just want to dance to and sing along to and fun. You don't want to really think about what she's saying. Yeah. Um, and when the songs aren't good, you really don't care. (laughs) So (laughs) back to that EW review that you mentioned. Yeah. One of the standout tracks for me that we'll get to, um, Mile in These Shoes. Uh I know you're going to talk about it. it EW in their review, they said, a song that thrusts a middle finger at the haters but she sounds like she'd rather be shopping for scented candles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so it's in that way, I, I, I see where it's like it doesn't connect.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely, I get it. I feel like between this and, and the Spanish language album, she was just like that other review um, that All music said she was comfortable. Yes. Because she was in love. She was about to have her... She was just getting pregnant. By the time the album came out, she and Mark were in a really good place. After she had gone through some shit, she had gone through the whole Bennifer thing. Mm-hmm. She had been with Diddy when he that whole remember the whole thing with the gun in the nightclub when oh, she was yeah. dating Diddy and she was there with him and like that whole thing. I remember
1: what J Lo <clears throat> looked like back then when she
0: was with, with Diddy too. She had like the white bandana. Yep, her head. yep. <laughs> look. Um <clears throat> So there's definitely a feeling of complacency and comfort and like she doesn't have much she doesn't have anything to say do you think that is it
1: fair to say this album is was t- in a contract like oh i need to fill this quota of number of albums so here's one
0: yeah i feel like a good portion of jennifer lopez's career in terms of music could be explained away as a person who loves music who has a serviceable to good voice who wants to make music and that's sort of it Like, I don't think that she, like, when she got her record deal, that she came into whatever label signed her and, like, had a bunch of tracks that she played for them that she had, like... I think it was like she'd already gotten fame and she knew she could sing and she transitioned into working with people to make music and I don't think that that's like a terrible thing a lot of pop is disposable in that way and and is created by people like that a uh, pop music is a lot of times a producer's game a more than it is the artist's game and I don't think there's anything wrong with that It's it's a difference in when you're going from like to go back to last week with American Life it's just it's a totally different it's almost unfair to use the same sort of like ways of of criticizing them, uh, no, I, I agree. because they're made totally differently. It's like it's like taking a craft beer that someone like small batches and like comparing it to Bud Light. Like they're not they're not the same thing, and they're not even trying to be the same thing. You that's, know, that's
1: that's a really good analogy. I mean, to me, I would say Jennifer Lopez is like the ultimate like recording artist. Yeah, right. Like she is a professional recording artist, but she's also a damn good performer. But she's I wouldn't necessarily sh- say she's like. This is gonna sound terrible, I don't think of her in terms of an artist no. as I would a lady Gaga or a beyonce, yeah, like j lo is the the total package mm-hmm. but but she's packaged, but she's packaged because she's 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 everything she's she's also like an amazing actress and she's an amazing performer so, and dancer, and she does all of these things but there's not not one of them is something that you would be like... Right. That's Do you know what I mean? Right. She's good and at... And I'm not dissing her. I'm just no, saying... It's, it's, I totally get what you're it's saying. It's like she's, the
0: singing career is, is a part of the package. Right. She's good at everything yes which precludes her from being great at something exactly even though she's fucking amazing live right but but it's like but to put it into that part I remember
1: when before she was a singer I remember Jennifer Lopez is always just being this super famous actress yeah and I remember it was a big deal when she became a singer and she released that video if you have my love on TRL uh and then I I remember
0: like the night I watched that really she's still a singer (laughs) it's like and
1: that now she's probably more known as that or I don't know. Or what, what do you think people, when they think Jennifer Lopez, do they think any particular career or do they just know her as like, she's she does everything?
0: I think that she probably is just known as being a celebrity. She's just famous. Like she, yeah. she does judging on
1: talent shows and right. she's on the dance show. She's on like, World of World Dance. Of dance which and is she like, was on American Idol and yeah.
0: tours. and She, she produces yeah. television. She she created the Fosters or didn't create it, but she executive produced the Fosters on, on ABC Family, which is on Freeform. She's
1: been on, she's had TV shows. She was she's on Shades of movies.
0: Blue. Yes. And I do think that when you can do everything and you want to do everything, it's going to always stop you from giving everything you have to something. All I have. <laughs> That's all she had. Yeah. She's like, this is all I
1: got. Um, but it was really good. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not dissing her. No, the Vegas I, I, totally, show was, I understand where you're coming It was coming fantastic. From. But yeah, and I, I think you put it really, you put it uh, perfectly in that, like, you can't give everything you have to one thing if you're doing everything.
0: Right. But she is good at all of it. She does everything really, really well. But she'll never be like... She does it well. She does it, does it, does it well. (laughs) She do it, do it well. Okay, I'm going to stop. Did she... I think she created these songs just so that... Just so we could talk about them. Um, all right. Should well, we talk
1: more about the songs.
0: All right. You have one song to tell someone why this album is even worth listening to. If you had to make someone listen to it, what's the song that you would tell them to listen to?
1: I would say do it well. Okay. It's an easy track to like. It's memorable. It gets stuck in your head. It has a fun beat. It's not very indicative of the rest of the album. No. But uh for me, that's that's what I would say. What about you?
0: For me, um, it's Hold It, Don't Drop It. The two singles. Yeah. <laughs> Hold, Hold It, Don't Drop It for me, I think is more indicative of the album. I think a that's lot true. of the album has has more of that like funk yeah the, the sampling of the classics vibe to it. I think it sells that the rest of it a little better. I think that it is just it's it's like a kill the way that song builds, I think is killer. Well like we said it's
1: a fun live song.
0: Yeah. I mean it's sort of now linked to seeing her perform it live. For me, and just knowing like what she can do when she rips into that song, I think is makes it worthy. Yeah. I think that would be the song if I had to like sell somebody on this album would be that one.
1: No, that's interesting. We see, we picked the two singles. Yeah. Those are why they they were released. Yeah. Yeah, Me too.
0: All right. Well, on the flip side, if you could play one of the many producers on this track, what was the one that you would cut? What's the one that is like the absolute (sighs) god awful worst for you? This was
1: the hardest part for me this time
0: because (laughs) I wanted to cut half the goddamn album. Okay. Tell me a few then. Okay forever
1: gotta be there and the way it is those are the three that i mentioned earlier that are all very repetitive she sings the the title of the song for three minutes these are the tracks i'm like next and even the other tracks i didn't really care for
0: but i thought that they were more unique than these the production of forever sounds like a very early 2000s dark child song to Mm -hmm. me which is kind of why i dig forever um the other ones I, i agree with you um but the one that i i really don't like is never gonna give up
1: that, I See, I just
0: skipped that one. <laughs> it, it, it starts I out... I didn't even listen to it all the way through. It starts out with those, like, maudlin strings.
1: For, like, two minutes.
0: And it, the intro was so long. It's it so takes long. so long That's to get I, to that beat. I don't have I'm the like,
1: patience. I have the no attention span. Everyone like, knows that. Who produced I like this? No. That one, I'm like, give me a dance beat, Jennifer. I don't want I don't want this.
0: Yeah, that one would have to go. I think that um, Jennifer funny. Lopez's balladry is the worst part of her revoir.
1: Not when her fans
0: No. Were. And it just feels like it's like, okay, I wanna have a ballad, but it, there's no reason to have it other than that. Well she did limitless for the movie. That I like Limitless, but so... it's a Sia song. It sounds mm-hmm. like a SIA song. Um yeah, so that would be the one for me. See, I didn't even I didn't even register that song. <laughs> All right, well, should we take a trip to Drag Corner?
1: This is is becoming my favorite (laughs) part. I, like, look forward to it the whole
0: time. (laughs) Um, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast, we have decided that one of our favorite ways to <laughs> talk about an album is through the prism of which song we would perform drag to from it. So. Wait, I have an idea. Yeah. Can we
1: say this song at the same time? Because I have a feeling like it's the
0: same one. <laughs> yeah. I'm only guessing. Okay,
1: one, one, one two, two, three. three. My um, only
0: <laughs> 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 This is why we're doing this podcast together, Billy. Yeah. I was, of course. I was so I was like, okay. I was like, I know he's gonna pick a mile in these shoes. It is just. <gasps> I was thinking too. It it's well. just like the draggiest thing. And this I was is wondering. The song I knew. I was wondering if you would pick something that like that, but I was like, no. I think he's gonna. It's just there's no way you can listen to a mile in these shoes. Well, that's
1: the thing. Once I listened to this song, I was like, ooh, I love yeah. a
0: minor chord and like a two thousands beat. Yeah. I said Holds Up Don't Drop It is the one that I would say sells the album, but a mildly shoes is my favorite song on this album.
1: It's a it's a it's a good song. It's definitely stuck in time, yeah. but in a good way. And you know what? When I listened to the song, I could imagine other artists of that era doing it. Initially it gave me girls aloud vibes. Yes. Right? Can't speak French. Yes. It feels I could like so hear all much. five girls because you know in the UK all those all those groups like to sing in, in unison. <laughs> yes. I could hear all them the all melody, singing yeah. this Yeah, they don't there's no harmony. I hear them <laughs> singing this song. I also hear the Pussycats all singing the song, which means basically Nicole Scherzinger singing this song. Yeah. That was what I that was what came to mind for me.
0: Yeah. I mean in a good way. it is it's it, it is built for a drag performance oh. like it is it is such a drag song for me and i showed this to you before we sat down to record this it's always stuck in my head abc used oh. the track in this promo for desperate Housewives, like at the height of desperate housewives mania um you and showed it, this
1: to me literally right before we recorded this and it was it's been in my head since then
0: and it's such a perfect Promo. It's one minute long, and it's this, like, this dark car driving down Wisteria Lane at night, and as its lights go past, like, each window of one of the different main Desperate Housewives houses, it catches them in, like, lingerie and doing something. Like, Nicolette Sheridan is about to, like, hang herself with a silk scarf. Felicity Huffman is... This was, like, when her character had cancer, and so she has, like, this black bob wig on, and then she pulls it off and, like, shakes out this luscious blonde mane that Lynette Scavo never had on Desperate Housewives. (laughs) Uh, Marsha Cross is, like, standing over a bassinet, like, standing over, like, a baby carriage. Terry Hatch is just laying on a bed in a bustier. (laughs) Uh, Ava Longoria, like, is clutching her pearls and then rips them and throws them, and then they all stomp down Wisteria Lane in the middle of the night in their lingerie to this song, and it is like, yes, the song was built to stomp. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Whatever music supervisor put that shit, or you know, producer put that shit together was clearly a gay man. (laughs) Definitely, definitely, definitely.
0: Um, right before we get to our verdicts, and I'm I'm excited to hear exactly how we rule on this, Let's talk about her rebound, what she did after this. Oh yeah. Because she um you know she she kind of it was like a fallow period for a while. Yeah. In all is... respects. She didn't really like she had a um, a movie that came out in two thousand and ten, the backup plan. Is this what did, when did she have her kids? She had her kids well, she was pregnant in two thousand when the in the in the in the video. In the whole drop it video. So she had her kids so in, in two thousand and eight. Yeah. I think her kids just turned ten. Um, She had twins, so she's only had, uh, she's only been pregnant once. So she was raising her kids. Raising her kids, but also I think sort of like licking her wounds Mm. because nothing was really like had clicked. Um, It took, it took a while for another album to come out. 2011 was when Love came out. That's the same year that she, she joined American Idol. And she talks about what it was like to join that show and how not a lot of people wanted her to do it because it was sort of like giving up. And she was like, I read this interview with her where she said that she had thought that up until that point, a lot of people had the, you know, the JLo diva. They only knew one side of her. They only, like, saw this, like, side of her. And she, to, for her, American Idol was an opportunity to let people actually, like, see who Jennifer Lopez is because she could, like, actually just talk freely with the artist and, and sort of express, like, her, what she's learned from the industry. And it did, it really rehabbed her career because I think American Idol and Love, I mean, Love, she teams up with Pitbull for On the Floor, and she sort of, that's when she develops, like, the more dance sound that I think she's known for for this, like, second period of her, I would say that On the Floor, where the second half of her music career starts starts I, I yeah i
1: think i remember when on the floor came out that was kind of like her comeback her yeah, revival. it was, that her was comeback. like a hit song and, and then that's after that she just and then she had dance again like releasing these amazing songs videos and touring and it was funny because even the love album i don't even
0: i don't remember that album at all really? i, I bought that album but
1: and it was love question mark, right? Yeah. I don't, I, just, I didn't, I don't. I thought on the floor was just a, like a release single. I didn't even know it was part of There's an a, album. A,
0: on love, there is a bonus mm-hmm. track called Hypnotico that Lady Gaga wrote. That oh, wow. That is really very, very good. The whole love album is actually pretty good. Um, uh, is that
1: what, is I'm into you on that album too?
0: Yeah. But that album, funny enough, every single that was released hit number one. And wow. it made her like one of the three artists. She like, dominated do again.
1: Yeah. But what's funny about, so, talking about American Idol... Two things: hearing that she, it was people were considering it like, uh, what were you saying? Like um, a low point for her, yeah. or be, be beneath her. But then look what happens. Then everybody wants to be on the fucking Voice and X Factor, and every big star now is on these shows. It's it's yeah. expected
0: because she really was the first one to do that. Like because she that was 2011. I don't think the Voice had premiered yet. I think the Voice may have come a year later. Mm. She joined because prior to that, the panel was people who weren't didn't have current careers. You Paul Abdul and, and, like, Randy Jackson, who's like, what? And Ellen DeGeneres, who isn't a musician. And then J-Lo comes along, and she's really the first one to do it because after she left, before she came back, that was when Mariah and Nikki decided that it was time for them to try it. Then you have, you know, Britney Spears doing The X Factor when Simon decided to create The X Factor, which was about the same time yeah. because J-Lo joined when Simon left. And now um, you have, you
1: know, everybody on The Voice, Kelly and yeah. Jennifer and, and then Katy Perry on American Idol. and
0: Yeah, and so I don't think a lot of people, like... Credit her for starting that. That's it's for, interesting for that letting people that see yeah. that that's a way to to revive your career. Yeah, that is not beneath you. Relevant. Yeah, I mean it's the best way. You have a platform to debut your music. You know, you can perform for free on national television because you are on the show and they need performers. And she all did the time, and it made sense.
1: Well, and uh, the other thing I was going to say about. Uh, American Idol is trying to find the very little promo she did for the Brave album. Uh, There's an interview where she actually, uh, the interviewer asked her, I hear you really like to watch American Idol. She's like, oh yeah, we we love watching Idol at home. It's one of our shows, I TiVo, TiVo. Um, (laughs) she She was a fan of the show. Yeah. So it's kind of and so it, it came full circle for her. And yeah, it's, and then she sense. goes. I
0: mean, she goes from there and she starts producing. Like I said, she produces the Fosters, which was a big hit for ABC Family. She gets Shades of Blue at NBC, her mm-hmm. cop show that, Is that she with was Ray on. Liotta? Yeah, yeah. Relyota. I remember it's when like, they were on Watch this, like albums. corrupt cop. Yeah, and yeah. I never, I didn't like it, but no. it was on for like three Not seasons. Um, World of Dance, which is actually a really great show. If, if you like watching really great dancers, I recommend watching it. And she's a fun judge on it. Like she has a lot more personality, I think, than people give her credit for, too.
1: Right, and I, I know I was saying earlier how she's she can be very packaged as a product in a lot of her her musical like releases. But I, I agree. I mean, I remember when we saw her in Vegas. We agreed that she, I've never seen a, an artist that seemed to be so present and in the moment like when she yeah. would look at the crowd she would look right at you as if she was enjoying the moment she was as, loving she wasn't it. just going through the motions like she no. was really there present enjoying the show and it, it that comes across yeah, yeah
0: definitely sadly she did divorce mark anthony who this album was kind of about and then she rebounded she, she had her little cougar moment with casper smart that's right and now she's wifey up with a rod and crazy i can almost guarantee they're gonna get engaged this year she's about to be 50 I know. On the six, turns twenty this summer. Twenty years of J Lo, real. Jennifer Lopez, the musician, the musician, the singer. <laughs> she hasn't had an album, studio studio album, since, since 2014.
1: Since AKA, yeah. so but she she's sort released of, singles. What's, since then. What's
0: funny when we're talking about her being a singles artist yeah. is she really has sort of I think realized that that's what all the people want. Well, out she's of
1: her. so damn busy doing movies and TV. Like she doesn't. I mean, how would she have rec- time to record an album? She just did that film uh, with Leah Remini. Her her friend. Yeah. Second act. Yeah. And she did the song for the movie, but like, then she had that De Niro song with Cardi B and, and,
0: and, and DJ Khaled. Like
1: she, she keeps, she remains relevant. She, and she's always going to be Jennifer Lopez. Like, does she need to even do another album?
0: I don't think she does. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, when you think about how, like if you, I think if you put like a multiple choice question in front of like, just the average person and said, which one of these is like a JLo, Jennifer Lopez album title, I don't think they would be able to pick the album title out of J-Lo. the made up ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you didn't put that one in there, I don't think. On they the would six is probably the most
1: recognizable because yeah. that was released at a time when people were only buying physical music.
0: Yeah, so like I don't, I don't think like if you said, "Have you ever heard the album AKA?" that anyone mm-hmm. would know what that album is. They would know the song. They would know booty. They would know like the music oh, that came like, out what? of it. What was on that again?
1: Tens. Yeah, tens. tens is on
0: that. Yeah, I just, I do think that she has made the transition into being a singles artist. Which I think is a good a good move for her. I wanted to ask you your opinion on the the Grammys thing, on the whole on the Motown thing. About it. Yeah,
1: uh, I remember watching it live and actually texting my my family because they love Motown and being like, oh my god, Jennifer Lopez is amazing. She's a great performer. And then I, I thought about that. I thought about that right when I was watching it, and I totally understand it because it's weird to have you know it's predominantly african-american you know is that yeah. sound that label that music all that music it was weird to not have any of that represented and have this one artist who's not connected to it do it
0: but at the same time
1: she's good at it
0: yeah so, like, I think J-Lo was incredible in the, the Motown tribute. I mean, she can perform the shit out of anything, and she sold that performance so well. I think my issue lies more with, like, the producers of the Grammys. Like, how do you, how do you in 2019 come up with a thing and you're like, yeah, we'll get one woman who is not black to do this, in t- who has no connection to Motown, when you know, like, what a fraught like social media age we live in where people are super sensitive to things like that. Like yeah. to me as a, pro- you, you you have to think as a producer that this is going to be an issue. And to me, that's where I'm like, okay, this, those producers were all just like white men who like that didn't even cross their mind.
1: Well, and interestingly enough, the Grammys this year was all about them redeeming themselves, <laughs> and making all the focus just on women artists and just female artists. And just this year, we're just going to be all about the women because we got so much shit for not supporting women the last couple of years. And then they do that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we have talked about, I think, Brave more than it deserves. <laughs> more than anyone's talked about it in the last years. since it came out. More than Jennifer Lopez has even talked probably, honestly, probably. about it. Honestly, probably. So, uh, it's time to render a verdict. Okay. And I think I know what your verdict is going to be. So, flop or not?
1: For the first time this uh, for this podcast series, this is, this is a flop for me. Yeah. I don't think it's awful, but there's really... Two, three songs that I would ever listen to regularly, and that's yeah. that's it.
0: Yeah, I think um, I do agree with you that it is a flop. There's like a handful of tracks that I even remember that I think about. Like I think about a mile on these shoes all of the time, <laughs> like all of the time. <laughs> oh, they didn't know
1: that Desperate Housewives.
0: <laughs> I think about that all the time. I think about hold it, don't drop it. I think about. You can't I even it, remember. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just but it's but so many other of them like like you said the the titles are generic, the lyrics are even more generic. They all sort of like fold into one another. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it's a very uninspired album.
1: It was an unnecessary album, but yeah. it did you know we got hold of Don't Drop It,
0: Right in These Shoes, and my only uh, yeah. So it's a win for My in These Shoes, but it's a flop overall. So sadly, you know. Someone can put that on Wikipedia. I still don't know how to do that. I'm never going to learn. Once
1: you do, you're going to be like... Um, I
0: would I would love it if I went to the Brave Wikipedia page and it literally just said at the bottom, a flop. Like, I would just... That would be really funny. This was a flop. <laughs> that um, would be really funny.
1: We still love Jennifer Lopez, obviously. No, our totally. Concert together. But,
0: yeah, not... No, it just didn't work. It didn't work. It definitely worked for our podcast. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe and rate and review. Give us whatever stars you think we deserve in your little heart. And if you want to listen to any of the music we've talked about, the good stuff at least, um, there's not much of it this week, (laughs) but um, we will be updating our Flop Stars Companion playlist. That's available on Apple Music and Spotify. Um, And we'll be back next week to dive into another Flop. Could it be from one of your faves? Mm. We'll see. Bye, guys. Bye.